He is God. Amen. You're in bad shape if you don't have an altar. Of all the things you buy and save and work for, in America, a house and a car, a house, a car, a TV, and an iPhone 10 almost makes up the American dream. But I want to tell you, if you have all those things and you have no altar, you're in trouble. The altar can sustain the house, but the house cannot sustain the altar. It's just a different way of thinking. As we consider the whole theme of altars, we understand it's the altar that alters, that changes you. There's a good, a good, a powerful illustration of this walk in the life of the very person where the Bible says he's the father of our faith. So God takes Abraham's life and puts it under a microscope in the book of Genesis and helps us to see the patterns so we can learn and understand. If we can see how important Abraham is being called the father of our faith, then we could take note as to where we are and what we need to do. It was very powerful when God called him because like us, God calls Abraham and calls him to move and change everything in his life. And he doesn't call him at 20s or 30s. He doesn't call him at 40s when we figure out, we figure by 40 we'll start serving God because by that time I would have partied as hard as I possibly could party. And my body probably can't take no more, so now I'm going to serve the Lord. Somebody said, amen, Lord, have mercy, Jesus. I, I wasn't asking you to say amen. I'm there. I'm, I, I, for that, I, want, I really don't want you to agree, but the, tr the truth is a lot of people don't start serving God until much, much later. And they feel like if I could get, I got to get my, my, my fun while I'm young. And they don't understand it's the fun they're missing. It's an amazing thing, though, when God calls him, he calls him when, for most people, we would figure out, well, we're just winding down. I'm coming to the end of my journey, not the beginning. For Abraham at 75 years old, it was the beginning. And last week I began rehearsing before you, talking about the altar that alters your life. When heaven touches earth, it's a place where heaven touches earth. You should be aware of altars all through the scripture they are mentioned, Old and New Testament. And as we rehearsed last week, this first place that God, when God called him out from the norm to follow him, he called him to a place he'd never been among a people he'd never met. And I'm sure I would have been too, full of anxiety, wondering, Lord, what, uh, what's going to happen to me? So in, able, in order for Abraham to ensure his safety, along a journey where he did not know. 
he built an altar. And he built that altar in a place called Shechem. Last week we rehearsed with you that Shechem means shoulder before you carry heavy burdens like that long water pail, uh, like long bar that you have across your shoulders. You put one water pail on one and one water pail on the other. Both of them are very, very heavy. But this is one of the ways that, that they carried water. And they, they put both heavy, pole, heavy water buckets on each side of the pole, got under it and raised up and carried the water that way. And sometimes you can see pictures and cultures that still to this very day, that's the way they carry heavy burdens. You carry that, that pole bent down over your shoulders with the weight of both sides. I want to tell you, when you, when you and, and by the way, I don't know how many of you were in the army, but they would do something similar with us, putting those bars on our shoulders, and you know what I'm talking about. You talk about a happy day when you take that thing off your shoulders. Those of you sportsmen that have ever carried a backpack for any length of time, it might start off okay, but by the time you get through your 10-mile hike, that backpack feels like it's all your body weight. Nothing so beautiful when you slip that hand under there and you let that burden loose. Abram had to come before God being burdened with the people he's among who actually, they weren't that friendly. You read their history, they, they, uh, they, were, they were ruthless. And he doesn't know how he's going to fare. But he comes and he takes his burden and he lays it on the altar, Shechem. It represents where you first really show enough here from God. For some of you, you can remember the time and the place when you got the date wrote down. I don't have the date road now. I mean, I have a proximity, but I know the place. I know the mountain. I can still see that altar. I was on that side of the room. I, I, I can see the spot where my knees hit the floor. Oh, I remember. Because I was carrying so much stuff. Of course, being a preacher's kid, you can carry a lot of stuff. <laughs> Abram, he unloaded that. He unloaded it, and he talked to God there. He called on the Lord there. It's really precious because it's the first time Abram hears the voice of God after he's left the familiar. You know, if you hear God's voice when he calls you in the beginning, you need the familiar where he's going to take you. It, it bears the question, how many of you remember when God first spoke to you? I mean, for real. That place, that circumstance, that place in your memory, if I can put it this way to you, that place in your heart where you heard God the first time and you knew it was God, can be an altar. For Abraham, it was a physical one that he built there. And the question is, do you have one? Are you able to take your burdens and leave them there? If you have no altar, it means you've got to carry all your burdens yourself. If you have no place to meet God and, and come to him when you're heavy laden, 
and weary and tired because you can get that way. <laughs> you can get tired of putting up with stuff. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so, there's a place in the scripture that said that, we're, that the enemy tries to wear out the saints. Anybody know what it means to be worn out? Fed up? Had enough? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You come, when you get that place, where do you go? You need to find a place because if you don't, what's going to come out of you is not going to be glorifying to God, that's for sure. In fact, if you, if you vent after being worn out, I promise you somebody's going to get hurt. And by the way, I want to say it right now in the company of all of you, you need to be super aware of every type of offense that tries to come to you right now. Because people can wear you out. If I got a better witness than that. So Abraham camps at Shechem. But that's not all. He, he, he continued and, and, and he built a second altar. We talked to you about that last week. He, he, it was the place was called Bethel. Bethel, the house of God. It's a seriously important altar in your life. It's the place where you repent. It's the place where, where you are corrected. The house of God is, is Bethel, that altar. The place where you consecrate. It's the place where you get blessed. When you don't show up at the house of God at that altar, then you miss your consecration, your direction. You miss your blessing. It's the place where the Lord can speak to you, redirect your life, where not only you can get rid of burdens, you can get rid of wrong decisions. You hear the truth and you say, I should have, that's not the right way to go. This is the way to go. House of God, that place of consecration is a big deal. It's where God can take from you the things that hinder him from helping you become everything he wants you to be. So we talked about Bethel. Bethel also is a place where you, when you consecrate to God at Bethel, some, some of you might not understand what consecration. Consecration is, says, it, it, it puts a sign on your back and on your front and on your forehead. It says, for God's use only. Consecration means you don't belong to anybody else but God. You, we belong to him. That's, that's, what, that's what Timbo sings. Abba, remember? I belong to you. Y'all remember that? Consecration says that I'm walking in the world, but it's, it's a sign, forgive me, it's a sign on the backside that says, for God's use only. Consecration means that somebody paid for me. I am not my own. I was purchased with a price. 
that sign says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Therefore, if righteousness comes by the law, then it says Christ died for nothing. You are his own. Our faith declares before God that we belong to him. That's what consecration, consecration happens when we come together. We remember I am not my own. Sometimes you have to declare that to God because there are a lot of things that try to own you. If I can get a better amen than that. There are a lot of things that come to get your heart, your head, your time, your money, and we forget who owns us. So Abraham, he built at Bethel, the house of God. But he didn't stop there. In fact, I want look at chapter 13 of Genesis I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read chapter 13, starting with verse 6. And the Bible is speaking about Abraham and the person he brought with him, Lot. And the land could not sustain them while dwelling together, for the possessions were so great that they were not able to remain together. That means prosperity was... Aloof, amen. Not, not aloof, was, prosperity was upon everybody. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. Note, please, it's the herdsmen that are having bickering and having, having this back and forth contest, having conflict. Do you see that? Now the Canaanite and the Perserite were, they were dwelling then in the land. So Abram said to Lot, please, let there be no strife between you and me, nor between my herdsmen or your herdsmen, for we are brothers. Is not the whole land before you? Please, separate from me. If to the left, then, 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 then I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the valley of the Jordan that it was well watered everywhere. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you go to Zarah. So Lot chose for himself all the valley of, Jordan, of the Jordan. And Lot journeyed eastward. Thus they separated from each other. And Lot, Abraham settled in the land of Canaan while Lot settled in the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom. It's a very powerful lesson. And then I want you to look at verse 18. Then Abram moved his tent and came and dwelt at the, the oaks of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and there he built an altar to the Lord. Hebron was the third place he built an altar. It, it's, it's an altar that every one of us has to deal with. You will pass it, you will come into it, you will deal with it, 
If you walk with God, it's part of your journey. Yes, you have to make your peace and, and understand where the house of God is. Yes, you have to decide where that place of, of where I can go to God personally with my problems. But you also got to deal with Hebron. The Hebron means alliance. Hebron means allegiance. You don't have to go far back in the story to figure out when God talked to Abraham, he said, Abraham, come on, you to follow me. Take your possessions, your wife, pack up. I'm going to tell you where to go. Just come on. Man. The Bible says Abraham got his nephew Lot, but I didn't get I didn't hear God tell Abraham to take Lot. He was kin, but he wasn't kin. So he took Lot with him. By blood, he's a nephew. But how many of you know sometimes your biggest problems can come by blood? I'm not telling you this for the separation. I'm saying this to you that God might bring an amalgamation, might, might, might bring a reconciliation. When Lot went with Abraham, when, when Abraham took Lot, he really didn't make a good choice. But it doesn't show up till later. Till you, till, till they both started prospering. How many of you understand that you can be in good relationship with your, with your kin as long as everybody's poor? But don't start making some money. We got problems. I'm sorry that I'm only talking to a handful of people in the house. Next thing you know, there, there's bickering and fighting. Listen to me, saints. Listen. Abraham's not fighting Lot, and Lot's not fighting Abraham. It's their servants. And what are they squabbling over? The land, the water, back and forth. Abraham said, hey, come on, listen. There's plenty of land. Plenty of land. We're brothers. Let's don't fight. Whatever it is, let's don't fight. Kind of interesting that Abraham sensed that 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 bickering was not going to work out well before God. And, and, and if you'll notice, beloved, what happened, Lot, Lot did something, forgive me, this is my judgment over it, Lot did something stupid. Instead of Lot taking authority and going down and taking care of whoever was bickering, Lot chooses to leave. Now, it is true, God did not tell Abram to take Lot. But the truth is, Lot got what he got because Lot was with who he was with. I'm sorry, some of you have not figured it out yet. If people who hang with you, they, they do well. <laughs> you know, I, I, figured out something about, I, I figured something out about this Bethel, honey. It's an amazing thing about this Bethel, but this house of God right here. But first of all, if you're in this house of God and, you, and you're connected and, and you know God has connected you, well, I don't, listen, just take a word to word. We just don't look our age. I'm sorry. Okay, so some of you are looking at me like I'm crazy. Don't, don't, don't. If you're, all right, I'm going to show you something. Let me, let me show y'all something. All y'all over 50 stand up. Read it and weep. 
around y'all. All y'all over 60, stand up. Have mercy, Jesus. Okay, y'all can sit down. Now, I, I, listen, I, it, it is something that God has done for, for us, but, but when you consider how many folks are, are and have been a part of this house, even the amount of deaths is so incredibly low. Compa I, it's an, I, when I think about it, I say, God, that's, that, that's amazing. A friend of mine in the, in the congregation came the other day and, and said to me, well, now you said anybody in this house, nobody in this house who wants to work is going to be without a job. And, and she believed it. And God just turned her whole thing and put her in and said, I couldn't, I, I couldn't believe what she was doing. I didn't know she was doing what she was doing. So I asked her, I said, what do you do for a living? I said, you do what? And she, Where you work? I said, what? And it's like, a, it's like a testimony that what, what God said to us, those that are apart, get to partake of that promise and that blessing. Stand up, Shannon. Tell them who you are anyway. You know, one, day, one day get her and act. Did I say Shannon? I said, that's Shannon, right? Say it again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. They, they get, there must be a joke going on in this group. I won't tell her to tell her story, but you grab her and tell her, tell me your story. You will be shocked. I'll say it again. If you're in this house and you're committed to God and this is your place, you ain't going to have to worry. I'm telling you, you can find work. You're not going to be indigent. You're not going to be in the street. You, no, you're not. Because that's not what we are. And if you don't have a job, let me know and we'll, and we'll see that get fixed. Amen. I'm sorry, does anybody here need a job in the building? Anybody need, you need a job? Mr. Brown, need a job back there? Say it again. Oh, you want three streams of income. You, amen. Lot did something dumb. Lot said, okay, okay. So he looks up and he checks out all the land and he goes, he finds the most plush land he can, he can get. You know what? The land was big enough for them to dwell and not fight. But you got to take care of the internal squabble. Hello, are you there, saints? Lot said, nah, we're just going to separate. And by the way, when Lot separated, he separated. He didn't know he was going. He didn't know what Sodom was. By the time he separates, he finds himself in a horrible situation. It, it really is, and for many congregations, this is true, people who separate end up in Sodom. You know, it doesn't take long to figure out what Sodom is. One of the greatest controversies right now in our nation is, is dealing with this issue of Sodom. One of the places the body of Christ is having problems with is the issue of Sodom. We, and, and God wants to help us with this. But I'm here to tell you today that you don't have to be in that situation. Look at your brother. Look at your sister and say, stay connected. It's a decision. So that next place that, that, that Abraham built was, was the place of allegiances. And God tested his allegiances. And when, when, when really, when prosperity came, Lot decided, I'm going elsewhere. But here's what I believe is so 
interesting. When, when, when God separated them, look at verse 14. The Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, now lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward, for all the land which you see, I will give it to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that you, so that if you, so that if anyone can number the dust of the earth, then your descendants can also be numbered. Arise, walk about through the land. Walk about the land through its length and breadth, for I will give it to you. Now, it's amazing. God had given him a promise, but after the allegiance was corrected, God showed him the parameters of his blessing. Is it possible that you've not been able to see what God wants to do with you because you're connected to the wrong situation? It's possible that the altar in your life of Hebron might be railing against allegiances that keep you from doing the will of God or seeing what God wants you to do. As you push away your plate, as you fast before God, as you pray, do not be surprised if the Holy Spirit raises up before you either voices or people or connections which actually empower your allegiance with God. You need to be mindful of that. There are some covenants that you make that are not pleasing to God. And when you make them, the Holy Spirit will always smite you in your heart same way he did with Jehoshaphat. Same countrymen, same basic territory, wrong allegiance. The king of Israel, come on Jehoshaphat, help me fight my enemies. God didn't tell Jehoshaphat to do it. He finds himself in peril, about to die in battle. God has to save him. He has to call out to God and save him. And the only way that allegiance could be broken, God had to slay the king of Israel because the allegiance that was made was made from blood. It was through marriage that that king now was, <laughs> was, was allied with a wrong... It's a hard thing to be allied with somebody who you don't need to be allied with. Let me, can I just say this to you? You're going to be in business, be very careful who you get in business with. Don't make a financial decision that will lead you with somebody who has a different heart, a different perspective, a different mind, a different spirit than your own. Don't, be, don't get into deals with people that are not into the same God you're into. I don't care how much money it is. Tap your neighbor and say, it's not worth it. In fact, don't make an allegiance based on the money by itself. Don't let money dictate to you who you're tied up with. 
No amount of money is worth your direction in life going off from God. And you cannot compare what God has laid up for you when you obey him. How many times does that happen to the body of Christ? Because of the promise of a bigger dollar bill, you, 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 you are torn away from the very thing that was to keep you and where God was to actually promote you beyond your wildest dreams. God shows up when Lot shows out. God shows up to Abram. How far can you see? Ooh, how far can you see? Look left, right. Look before, behind. North, south, east, west. You can't measure it alone, but look and see as far as, and then God does another thing. He does, this is crazy. He said, you see them sand, the sand? If you can count the sand, then that means they can count your descendants. So God will use the opposite to, to accentuate a positive. So what he's saying is, since you can't count the sand, they ain't going to be able to count your descendants. Excuse me, and he ain't got baby the first. But how could he see it? Hooked up with somebody who had a different thing. And by the way, when you track Lot's life and you track Lot's family, you go, whoa. Oh, you, that's, that's, I don't, I don't want to go down that trail. Oh, my God. When you see who they are, and, and, and Abraham, uh, Abraham loved Lot because it was his blood. And you know what? God was so good. God was so good that when Abraham got down there in Sodom and got settled and started becoming prosperous, continued to be prosperous, living and being, you know what's bad? Being prosperous and vexed all at the same time. I'm sorry. Is this working? You have never been more miserable in your life. You're making all the money you want to make and you can't even stand what you do or how you're doing it or who you're doing it with. Huh, baby? You know what I'm talking about, right? It's a hard... You know what? I'm, I'm speaking to that, but I see it. By the way, those of you who are tempted saying, shoot, just let me, let me, let me have the money anyway. <laughs> let me have the money anyway. When I get the money, then I'll break off. Let me tell you something. When you get connected with folks in a certain way, it's hard. In some cases, it takes a death to get separated. Anybody talking to me right now? By the way, I am speaking from experience. You get connected with people that are not connected with God and your destiny and, and direction. And when, when that happens, over money, which God can blow away. Make sure that your value is on the right thing. Put your value on the thing that God values. And then God will give you what they value without the pain and the suffering. But the Bible says he, he, the Lord adds the riches of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord, and he adds no, come on, sorrow to it. You don't have to, Lord, help me today. What is this? What am I looking at? You don't have to lay down with anybody to prosper, baby. Sir, you don't have to lay down with anybody to prosper. Tell your neighbor what I said so that it won't be offended from me, okay? Can I put it to you another way? Think about it business-wise. You don't have to get in bed with a, with a so-called prosperous person to be prosperous. The God who made you can take the prosperous
prosperous man. And the Bible says, today you see him, tomorrow you don't. But when God, when God fixes you and prospers you, you will last. You will, you will go the whole distance. Everybody will know it. And you'll be shouting praising God and won't be losing sleep at night about who's going to take your stuff. You know where it comes from. Hebron. Who are you tied to? Sure makes a difference when you're going where God wants you to go. Last one. He moves on to the place called Moriah. I just want to mention this and I'll talk more about it next week. You see, um, the Bible says he continued on and frankly, he had been in that region before and actually had built an altar. But God brings him back there. He doesn't realize, he doesn't, when God brings him back, when he, when he brings him to Moriah, it's a very, very special situation. See, because Moriah, Moriah is a, uh, Moriah is the place of total commitment. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a test before the promotion. What God does is, so you, you don't have to worry about being tested when you don't have nothing. When you don't have nothing, <laughs> y'all ain't here, y'all ain't talking to me. When you don't have anything, you know, and God asks you for something, you're just like, okay, Lord. You, you, you start thinking like this, well, I can't get what I need with it anyway, so here, Jesus, I might as well take the risk, right? And you give it to the Lord. But then when you give it to the Lord, he actually surprises you and bounces back, and you end up with a double, triple what you, what you gave away. I'm sorry, has anyone ever experienced this? The problem is when you got stuff. Have you figured it out? The more stuff you got, the more stuff you want to keep. Thank you so much. You're so kind. The Bible, he had flocks, herds, land. His, the company of people were growing. He's prospering on the left and the right. And then, and by the way, here's the, here's the real thing. And God gives him the desire, the one thing he is unable to do, he gives him the desire of his life dream. It's the kind of dream you don't talk about because it's too painful, because you can't make it happen. And everything you do still don't work. That was Abram's condition comes down to Moriah, before they get to Moriah, God visits him. God visits him. Before they get to Moriah, God visits him. He said, you know, uh, Abram said, where's your wife, Sarah? He said, well, she in the tent, Lord. Mm-hmm. And you imagine when, when, when Sarah heard wife or name, it's like what, your wife being in a conversation, you talking to another guy, and her name is called in the conversation. Oh, she's going to hear everything you say after that. She's going to be the chopping, cooking, but she listening to every word. 
Sarah in the tent, and God's talking to him. He said, you know what? He said, uh, Abram, uh, this time next week, excuse, pardon me, <laughs> this time next year, you're going to have a son. How many of y'all know Sarah heard that? Because, you know, she's in her 90s and she, she can't. So when God said to him, it's not going to be your concubine, it's not going to be your servants that are going to bear your seed, your wife is going to. And trust me, she heard it. And you know the story, and here comes Isaac. And just when Isaac is able to talk to daddy and say dad, dad, and, you know, even have a conversation. Uh, how many of you, any new fathers in the building? Let me see your hand. New fathers in the building? I don't have one new father in the building. One, thank you. I do have one. Thank you. You know, it's an amazing thing. Uh, any new moms in the building? No new moms? Well, thank God we have a new father and a mom. And they belong to each other. Hallelujah. It's a beautiful thing. You don't know how rare you are. Amen. When, when the babies, you know, it's one thing when he comes, he's just slobbering. And, you know, he got liquids coming out of both ends. You know, it's not like, you know, you're that happy. But when babies start to talk and start to recognize you and respond to you, and, oh, my Lord, when they say your name, you know, it's a whole new definition. No, a whole new de definition to say my name. And when babies start saying your name, when babies say your name, you be like, yes, yes. And usually dada is easier than mama. So usually dada comes out first, and then you, the father feels like he is preferred over the mother until feeding time. Amen. It, it, but, but when the babies start walking, and can you imagine, Abram, he's got Isaac, and they're able to converse. He's been waiting for this kid for years. I've been waiting for you for 50 years. We got to go. So he takes, he takes, uh, he, he takes Isaac. He's, can you imagine playing with Isaac one day and the Lord starts talking to him? Takes him all the way back in his heart to the first altar. When he first recognized the voice of God, and he knows that's God. And God speaks to him in no uncertain terms. And he says, take your son, Isaac, your only son, and take him to a place where I will show you and sacrifice him there. Look at your neighbor and say, most believers don't want Moriah in their life. Mariah is that altar, that place, that journey, that destination in your life when God asks you for what you love. Some authors, when they write about this, they call it the death of a dream or death of a vision. They talk about it when you hear people who are successful who know God, if they tell you the whole story, they will, all of them will tell you that what I had in my heart, God 
gave it to me, and it began to manifest. And at some point, God comes and says, I want this. Mariah is a place of consecration. It's a place where the greatest altering in your life takes place. It's a, it's a place where greatest change sets its foot in your heart from God, this place called Moriah. It's the place where a lot of believers run around, run around, run from God, run everywhere, but they don't want to face Moriah because it feels like a death. It's a place where uh, God called Abraham I want you to take your son there and I want you to sacrifice him to me there. Never in Abraham's experience had he ever heard of God sacrificing flesh on an altar. But he knew the voice of God. And since he knew the voice of God, it wasn't unclear what the Lord said. But Abraham went to Moriah and told his servants, you all stay here with the beast. I'll take the wood, put it on the boy's back. And they two, they climbed the mountain together. So you know what? The kid had to be old enough to bear a burden. So there was fellowship there. And, and, and Abram takes his son, his only son, and climbs up Moriah. And the Bible says he built an altar there. And they took the wood and put it on the altar because altars are places where sacrifices are given. Altars are places where <laughs> it's the most serious place. There are blood on altars. Directions change. Hearts and lives change. Mariah is, a, Mariah is a place where your life gets altered. Not only do you hear the voice of God, not only do you unload your burden, not only do you acknowledge your allegiance, but it's a place where you say, Father, everything, all that I am, all that I ever could be, All of my future, I owe it all to thee. <laughs> Mariah is a place where no bars, no, no bars hold. It's not, I'm holding nothing back. Giving God everything. So while we're fasting and praying during this time, it's a time when you have to make some decisions. Because when the Lord wants to promote you, use you, when the Lord wants to take you further in him, you got to go past Mariah. You got to bring it to him. Lay it all there. It's a place of greatest change. And by the way, God didn't do this to Abram when he was 45. He didn't do it to him when he was 25. Didn't do it when he was 55 or 65. Did it when he was 90 plus. 
I believe that's important for all of us who've been walking with God for a while. That God will bring you to a juncture in your life. I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, 19, 2019, you got to go to Moriah. You don't have to obey. The rich young ruler didn't have to obey either. What, what else do I need to do, Lord? I've, I've followed all these commandments from my youth up. What else is left? Jesus, the Bible says Jesus had compassion on him. He looked at him and he said, take all of your riches, sell it, sell all your riches. In other words, I want you to liquidate, liquidate, liquidate your foundings. Give it to the poor. <laughs> we, don't, we don't call that a good financial strategy. Not today, in today's economy. Liquidate all your findings and give it. To, I mean, in, in, in today, in the natural, the last thing you want to do if you're going to make money is give to the poor. Jesus said, here's my financial, here's my plan for your life. Rich young ruler, take all you have, liquidate it, give it to the poor. Come and follow me. Lord, have mercy. It's like he's Mariah. And when do you when have you ever heard of the Lord giving that kind of deal without the dividends being uncountable? If that young man could have trusted Jesus with all his riches, how much more riches would God have put in his hand? Some speculate that that Judas Judas couldn't deal with a little bit of, of finances but if that rich young ruler could have dealt with all his finances God could have used him to finance the kingdom because he would have known the difference between source and the object and so Abraham took Isaac his son by your heads and brought him to the altar and 